Hello, and welcome to the Gone But Not Forgotten podcast. I'm Audrey Cornell. And I'm Louise Coleman. And today we're going to be talking about the 2022 biopic, I Want to Dance with Somebody, which is about Whitney Houston and stars Naomi Ackie, Ashton Sanders as Bobby Brown, Stanley Tucci as Clive Davis, Nefessa Williams as Robin Crawford, and Tamara Tooney as Sissy Houston. So this is quite the film. A way to put it. Yeah, it was directed by Cassie Lemon. So I had high hopes because I really loved Eve's Bayou. But yeah, that... (laughs) Not her finest work. And it was written by Anthony McCartan, who I guess wrote Bohemian Rhapsody. And as many viewers pointed out it shows (laughs) so we could just talk about like our general thoughts on the film um before we really get into it so yeah I hated this film hated it (laughs) so much the capital H like it's kind of the worst film ever made I watched it on New Year's Eve with the parents in a cinema and that didn't even save it at all I love doing the cinema awful just dawned on me like 10 minutes in, I was like oh no this is a bad <laughs> film oh god so yeah and then I thought okay a couple months has passed since then I'll rewatch it with Audrey who knows might enjoy it still hate it and hate it even more oh. before <laughs> it went from a 2.5 to a 1.5 just because of things we'll get into later but like tidbits that Audrey have you know, told me just made me hate the film even more. Yeah, don't like it. Shatters her legacy. And it's just so baseless. It's so generic. So one note. It's awful. <laughs> That's my little pitch. <laughs> 1.5 is really, really low for you. So I yeah. feel like that says a lot. Oh, yeah. Like, you, you don't want to get a free from me. To get half of that is not good. Yeah. Not good at all. That sucks it got even worse on rewatch. <laughs> but I had a better time watching it because I was watching okay. it with you. So well, no thank you. <laughs> <laughs> if you yeah. think of the word biopic, it's exactly how you would imagine this film would be, yeah. which is such a disservice to Whitney Houston, who's one of the most interesting people in the history of the world, probably. And we don't get a sense of that at all. We don't really get to know her as a person or even as a singer. And it feels like a big waste of time. It's two and a half hours long for no reason, especially since it doesn't even go into anything of depth or -hmm. substance. It's just like a massive fail for me, like even worse than I expected. And my expectations were really low. (laughs) Like they were already low. They were at the, they were in the basement went underground Minus. I don't know what that metaphor was <laughs> no I get it though I've been watching Whitney I've been watching I want to dance with somebody twice I get it yeah you're brave but I guess we could just go into the film a little bit more in depth talk about certain scenes or depictions was there anything you wanted to start with should we talk about like the performances sure yeah because Kind of not there for me. Didn't work. I found, I'm a really big fan of Naomi Aki. I really like her and respect her. But it's just not Whitney, like, Uh at all. I got nothing from her. And this maybe is also because of the writing. But yeah, I just, she's just playing her, like, I hate to say this all the time, but like, just generically, like, she wasn't really doing anything. One of our followers asked if Naomi Aki should have won an Oscar. And I think <laughs> we um, both would say no. A big no. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but thankfully, the only time when a, bi- a biopic hasn't been nominated. Thank yeah. God. Yeah. And like, deservedly, deserved. which is a weird thing to say. But... but hey, if they wanted to swap her for Anna Diarmas, I'm down for that. Because yeah. Obviously, as a Marilyn girl, <laughs> I'm so offended. But yeah, no, I'm sorry, Naomi. If you're going up against Michelle and Kate, ugh. Yeah. Maybe Leslie, you could get rid of her. And then who was the fifth one? Who won? Michelle. Michelle, yeah. 
Oh, the other Michelle then. Michelle <laughs> Williams. Michelle Williams, yes. Oh, yeah, she was supporting. I don't know why they put her in lead. But... Oh, yeah. And then a lot of her scenes was with Stanley Tucci, who, like, friend of the pod. Like, we love him. And he's just not very good at this. No. <laughs> yeah, that's a bad sign if Stanley Tucci yeah. is, like, the worst part of the movie. Yes. Actually, he wasn't the worst. <laughs> But that's so true. Like he's always the best part. Like so when I saw that he was in it, I was like, okay, some high hopes. But no, his Clive is weird. It's slow. He has this really weird, drawn out speech, and maybe that's what he sounded like. But I don't know. It just, it's just, no, it's not right. It just doesn't come across well on the screen. And he's always so chill and subdued. He's like showing Naomi Whitney the songs. And it's just, there's no excitement. There's no energy. Like, uh-huh. it's just a bit bland. I feel like that with everyone. Even, like, Ashton as Bobby is also really bad. Like, yeah. <laughs> just, just no one showed up to act. It feels, oh my God, we're just going to be hating on this. No. <laughs> yeah, sorry, disclaimer. Like, this is probably just all going to be hating. So I feel like this movie maybe don't listen. <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> We might be able to convince you because I'm sorry, I don't know if you should like it. Yeah, I don't know who would have been a better casting choice, but I just feel like Naomi didn't capture anything about Winnie, like even her mannerisms or her voice. So the fact that she didn't look like her didn't help either. Like it's okay if she didn't look like her, but she didn't resemble her in other ways. So it's like um, an essence, isn't it? She didn't have an essence. Like, and it was so weird to hear Whitney's voice coming out of somebody yeah. else. Yeah, yeah. That, that's what I hate in biopics. Like uh-huh. with in Bohemian Rhapsody, it's Rami's and Freddie's voice. But Freddie is like the male Whitney. There's no, no one can top him. Like he, he's one of the best singers ever. And so it just always takes me out completely. They, they put the voices in and they're lip syncing. Yeah. I'm going to say it. Taron Edgerton sings in Rocket Man and he sounds just like El- um, Elvis. <laughs> Elvis. <laughs> just like Elvis. And Austin Butler also sounds like Elvis when he True. sings. So, like, it can be done, but it, yeah. just, it takes me out completely. So, I'm like, yeah, that's Whitney's voice. Who is this person standing yeah. in for her? I mean, at least they got the rights to the songs. But yeah, because a lot so. of the time, the families don't want any part of it. Yeah. That is good. But then also the family's involvement in this film, because they hadn't authorized a lot of the other biopics about her. I think it means that they don't show a lot of stuff, because I don't really know for what reason, because I still felt like they made Whitney out as like the villain in her own story. And like, she was the one doing everything wrong and everybody else was not. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't even know what they were going for with this film. It's just a scene after a scene. We don't know anything about Whitney as a person. We It's weird to talk about because obviously she is a real person. But every character's fiction, non-fiction, you've still got to have wants and desires and stuff. And got none of that from Whitney. I couldn't tell you what her goals were as a character. I couldn't tell you what she loved. I couldn't uh-huh. tell you anything about it. Like, it's just insane to me. It feels very, like, they're not treating Whitney like a human being. Like, treating her as, like, a script or something. Something I struggled with was the film's decision to start when Whitney was 20. So we didn't get any of her childhood or formative years. And I think that's where it immediately fell short because we didn't see what it was like growing up with her parents who were very Mm -hmm. controlling and tried to form her into a perfect person, which is like why she struggled so much later on in life. And then also just with like, understanding where her drug use started and like her relationship with her brothers so it's like we're just starting off with someone we know nothing about and so why are we going to care about these situations that she's put in yes that's what I don't understand about this film though is that hearing what you just said that sounds to me that this film was made for like her fans like because you know straight off the bat about her life. But if you're a non-fan, you're not going to know any of that. And, like, it just baffles me how they would leave that out. If you're going to go from 20 and into a whole career after that, you might as well just do the beginning as well. Yeah. 
weird to me. Or even like people would like text and talk, like to say where we're at. You know what I mean? Like I just don't understand it. Bizarre. The script is so on the nose. It sort of does this thing where something will happen, especially like something of importance, like Whitney struggling with the racism that she faced within the industry and um, like her dad suing her and other things like that. And then it will just not even matter in the next scene. Yeah. If that makes sense. It seems like they're just trying to hit these specific points. Yes. Check them off, but not go into them. Like it's not anything of substance. Yeah. Like why did she face this racism within the industry? How did she deal with it? Why was she so important to Black female artists in the 80s and 90s? And she won so many awards, which they did mention at the end, but they never show her actually winning an award. Exactly. What is up with that? Yeah, like they mention her triumphs, but they don't show them. They just show the low points. Yes. (gasps) Whoa, you've got to gag me. Like they've only shown the low (laughs) points. Why have we as a culture become so used to just seeing and so desensitized to seeing women like fail? I was talking to my mom after we finished the movie and I was thinking like basically every biopic I've seen about a famous woman in particular is so derogatory and like looking down upon their subject. But then a lot of the men, it's like we see both their highs and their low points and we understand them better as human beings. And of course, nobody's perfect, especially if you're so famous. But then like the women aren't allowed to fail. They aren't allowed to be whole human beings. We just focus on what was so terrible about their life. And I just think that's really wrong, especially if you're going to give certain people that privilege, but other people are denied it. And like, why would we do that to Whitney? Because she did have so many feats and accomplishments and she did so many wonderful things for other people I don't know it just doesn't make sense if you're wanting to celebrate this person why not celebrate them yeah exactly that's because I'm telling you right now at the heart of it this film does not care for Whitney at all can I just say like round of applause that was brilliant (laughs) I've been thinking so much about this film yeah and like I just need to process it because it makes me so angry. So I need to put that forward into something of substance. <laughs> but also thinking about like biopics and stuff, like I actually can't think of any female biopics I've seen. Like, well, we've oh, seen Judy. Judy, Judy counts here, yeah. Exactly like, the same for ones. me as this. Yeah. Where it's just so harsh. Let I'm me saying, look though. Because like male ones, I could easily list off, even ones I haven't seen. Mm-hmm. There's no out there like maybe just musical artists why is the only one I can think of is like the Frida Kahlo one, <laughs> the one, <laughs> the only one in my head which I think that's also from what I've heard I haven't seen it but very yeah, not good in terms of its depictions of how incredible Frida Kahlo yeah. was I guess one I can think of is I Tanya I feel like that does a Ooh, good okay. job yes of- great film but see, that does something new. They break the fourth wall. They have them, like, when they're older, they even have where, like, they go back and interview them. I love that. Oh, I told you, it's such a good film. Got, like, <laughs> miles ahead of I Want to Dance with Somebody. Like, Yeah. And, of course, everyone knows who Tanya Harding is. And she's a very complicated person. And yeah. the film doesn't try to hide that. But it also doesn't revel in that either. Yeah. I felt a lot of sympathy for Tanya, to be honest with you. I... Obviously, I know I would never do what she allegedly did, but they put in time for that for you to feel empathy with the characters. If I didn't know who Whitney was, I didn't know any of her struggles, would we have felt that? I don't know. I don't think so. They didn't make us feel that. Yeah. It just didn't go into the actual meaty parts of her relationship with Bobby, her relationship with drugs, things like that. Oh, that relationship with Bobby that they show on the screen, for me, that's like the most inexcusable thing they could ever do. One of the last shots is literally him smiling, holding their daughter, Bobby. And I was outraged. Honestly, outraged. Just awful. 
I cannot stress if you do not know about their relationship, you that is don't so watch dangerous this movie. Yeah. yeah, please don't. <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely awful. And the films like only show a couple of arguing scenes near the end, and they're in the hotel, they're in the hotel bar and stuff. Mm-hmm. And like the writing makes it seem that like Whitney is no, it's all me, like with the drug situation. Oh my god, it's so bad. Yeah, just taking all the blame off Bobby. She literally says something like if this none of this was your fault or something yeah i'm like that's a lie oh, yeah hold this man accountable please <laughs> yeah and i'm not saying whitney was perfect or anything like that but it showed the film shows her as being like the instigator in their relationship and like she's the one that causes all the issues and he's just trying to like yeah, help right. her yeah. and uh, that was definitely not the case and she's always in the film, she's always starting the fight and stuff. Like, what? Yeah. That's so damaging. Yeah. Oh. And I don't get why maybe Bobby was involved with this film, that would make a lot of sense. But like, why would they want to portray him that way? Because everybody knows what he was like. It's not a secret. <laughs> no, literally. Not. So I, that, that to me was just the worst thing. I could not believe I was watching. And yeah. to, to give her last moment in the film a, a music award show that she was really trying hard to sing for and she did it and show him smiling and laughing with her mum and their daughter it just oh made me so mad made mm-hmm. me so bad and yeah that's what this film i know i was lost this film lost me ages ago in the film but that's what <laughs> i was like yeah final nail in the coffin like this is done like wrap this up yeah, why was I felt like the whole movie was about like how other people were reacting to her instead of we're seeing her feeling proud of herself, feeling accomplished, yeah. like being successful. It's always about what does her mom think? What does her dad think? What does Robin think? What does Bobby think? Yeah, even Clive, Clive just speaks for the audience. He's like, that was the greatest voice I've ever heard. And yeah, like, oh God, like, shut like, up. no shit, Sherlock. <laughs> It's so true. Like, what are you saying? You don't even tell us that. We know. Oh. Like, the me. approach to the music stuff really bothered me as well because I don't think it, like, actually, no, I know it didn't go that easily for her, like, in picking songs or knowing she wanted to sing songs. She thought it over so hard. And the movie just shows us, oh, I want to dance with somebody. Yeah, let's do that song. I will always love you. Okay, cool. Sounds good. Like they just didn't show her really like thinking how she wanted to create the song because she took things other people had written for her and made it her own. Yeah. And maybe some of the fears she had about which songs would be successful and things like that. Because like with I Will Always Love You, as they do say in the film, it was Kevin Costner's idea, but she didn't accept it right away because she didn't think it would become a big hit or anything like that See, that, that's just such borderline it's not going into who Whitney was as a person yeah. and obviously we don't want to watch her like getting put down but like obviously there was a lot of shit she got for not writing her own songs they didn't show mm-hmm. any of that I just think it's just a bit odd I think it's really mm-hmm. what they pick and choose it just doesn't make any sense no and I also think going off of her the way her relationship with Clive is portrayed It makes a lot of sense considering Clive produced the film. And so, Mm -hmm. of course, he wants to say that he was like her savior or whatever. I don't know like the ins and outs of their relationship, but I mean, he definitely had this image for her that he wanted to craft, make her like America's sweetheart and have her appeal more toward the majority of audiences. And so, of course, she really struggled with that. And I just didn't think they showed him as being like he was in it for the money of course because he's a music producer not to say he didn't care about her but he wasn't like her grandfather figure or anything like that yeah, it, yeah. I don't know it was just what did you think about that well yeah a bit odd and it makes so much sense that he produced it like knowing that it's just glaringly obvious he's like a messiah in a way he has all all Whitney's problems solved she comes in his hotel room and miraculously he's got some cassette tapes to play her like yeah aren't you on holiday what, what are you doing why do you yeah. have them with you so it's like he's always there at beck and call and it's just yeah I think it's very odd like he really put a lot of emphasis on him and but then make it go nowhere either 
Yeah. I really don't like how he's portrayed in this film. It's just one note as well. He's got no issues with her. There was no point to his character other than yeah. being like the voice of reason or whatever. Yeah. Which isn't even a character. <laughs> it's like just no. a being to say things. And I don't know why they wouldn't want to portray him more realistically because then we could also under understand why Whitney struggled with her image and like maybe why she wanted to marry Bobby Brown and get out of that shell that he had crafted for her yeah instead they're just like oh she was crazy and couldn't be controlled and all that and she didn't want to go to rehab which like none of that is true so that's so bad that's not true yeah because could have fooled me from this film yeah she did go to rehab several times most of the time she went herself like it was her choice um and she really did want to become clean yeah and then the film is like showing her doing drugs before her shows which she never did she always performed sober and then she was like wasted before her father's funeral and that's why she didn't go which also is not the case oh my god held a private service the day before because she didn't want it to turn into a media thing yeah and I'm like, why would you lie about something like yeah. that? That shows her being a terrible person, like not caring about her father, not caring about her yeah. fans. And... If you didn't know about that, you would have thought it. that's what happened. It's just insane to me. That's once again, they're not showing any love for her. No. It actually makes me so angry. And yeah, her dad did basically steal money from her and then sued her. But like, she still cared about him and yeah. made sure to have let him have a nice funeral and service and things like that and for them to just totally disregard all of that is definitely a choice I think in general the relationship with her dad was portrayed pretty well I feel like it was pretty accurate definitely dumbed down a little bit but they did really face a lot of issues with her money and I just think like you should never have your parent or your sibling or whoever be your manager in charge of your money <laughs> it never works out in it no. like, you're gonna get like an actual professional to do it yeah but I did appreciate that they showed how she felt pressures from him in terms yeah. of how she presented herself and also legality stuff like so I don't know I also will say that was a plus but yeah, still generic, like evil father kind of yes. character. And it's just like you said, like he did mention it, but they were in the lift after the meeting with Clive. That, oh, why is she wearing that jumper? Why is her hair like that? And it's like, yeah, that's so good, but it's just so surface level. There's nothing else to it. Yeah. Like we don't see that insecurity at Whitney. When her dad says he's suing her and he's on his hospital bed, and then literally the next scene is his funeral, like he's died. What? Like, yeah. <laughs> what where did that go exactly <laughs> like it, it's almost I know it happened in real life but it's almost kind of like why include it if it's just gonna mm-hmm. be one scene and then he's dead like I don't understand it maybe go into it yeah. at all yeah. yeah no no show no footage of what it did to Whitney I think we see her like upset and she storms out and stuff it literally is but just one scene I just can't wrap my head around it that's how most of the conflicts were, too. Oh, yes. Nothing was resolved. (laughs) Exactly. Mentioned, never, don't see anything else about it again. No. (laughs) Also, another thing, they insinuated that her dad was cheating on her mom, but that never happened because her parents were divorced. At least at the point in time that they showed that scene. So, but if I if we never rewatched it together, this would be news to me because I would have I honestly thought that they were still together. Yeah, so I'm like, why did they put that in? That is a terrible thing to say about someone that probably didn't happen. Didn't do it. Didn't do it. Yeah, that's awful with it. Like that. That's just where it it just loses me. Like there's no like coming back from that. Like 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 what else are they making up? Exactly. No, don't like it one bit. But speaking of her mom, we could also talk about that relationship. Yes, or should we say lack of? 
Yeah. Like, it's like barely in the film, which is really weird. <laughs> in like the second act, even like the third act, say, she's not in it. Like no. at all. It's weird. Especially because like at the beginning, her mom gets her on stage to sing at the beginning with Clive. When she's doing that first TV show, her mom makes them pick up the pace. And, oh, and obviously the bit at the beginning with them in the church and her teaching her like telling her how to sing better and stuff. Why? Why pull that in? at the beginning and then just not expand upon it in the end to understand it she's literally gone for like half of it yeah it's like she died or something like they speak of her as though she's not even alive anymore (laughs) she was also very influential in Whitney's life especially in like pushing her to become a singer and that's not really that apparent in this film she's just there to offer like some tough love or whatever every couple scenes yep but she was very present throughout Whitney's entire life sometimes in a positive sometimes in a negative way once again there's nothing to her character like at all you don't know anything about her no that she was a singer she's a singer at this club and then one day she let Whitney sing that's it yeah Weird. I guess there was a like really terrible expository line at the beginning where Robin's like, "Your mom is Sissy Houston, like she sang for Aretha Franklin or whatever." I don't know. Like I just hate stuff like that. Yeah, like, that's literally all we get to know about her. So bad. It's so bad. It's just an exposition dump in it. Like they had to yeah. get that in. Yeah. <laughs> and they didn't don't do anything with it either. No. They didn't show us. They didn't show anything with her mom this kind of comes back to my issue with the film as a whole is it's nothing new it's not revealing anything that we couldn't find out just from googling so it's her relationships with her parents her friends her lovers etc like it's so generic that it doesn't even feel like a film because it's just as though we're seeing a reenactment of this Wikipedia page or something. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Like, okay, yeah, her dad did sue her. Her mom did push her to become a singer, but that's it. We don't see the consequences. We don't see the reasons why they did that to her, how she reacted to it. Nothing about this movie made me think about Whitney's life critically in any sense. Yes. Yeah. Or reveal something that I didn't already know yeah films are supposed to represent the context of when they came out and this is why it just fell through the cracks because it's so boring and one note it doesn't say anything that it hasn't literally it's not impacted anyone in any way her progression throughout the years aren't really made apparent especially after she divorced Bobby like we don't even see that divorce process going on or anything and seeing her become so much more empowered with herself and more confident and it just her character just stayed so stagnant and I also think it didn't help that they didn't give Naomi like any aging makeup or she didn't change her voice that much yep yep there's no way that the Whitney at the beginning and the Whitney at the end was different in any way like it was just the same she looked the same they just changed wigs a couple of times. Like, it just wasn't right. It, it just feels like every single thing was slacking. Yeah. But I guess one thing maybe this film revealed for some people was her relationship with Robin Crawford. Because yes. I guess a lot of people didn't know about that before this movie came out. So I guess we could talk about that. Yeah, yeah. I was one of those people that I did not know about this. When I watched it the first time, I was like, oh really okay love this like love this for her <laughs> but yeah really did not know that's my ignorance but yeah it was really surprised but I actually think this is probably like the best done relationship in the film and I, I mean the scenes in the beginning are probably the best ones in a way when they're like in the living room and they're like dancing and like singing and just hanging out but but yeah once again Robin disappears in like the third act yeah never to be seen again it was to be mentioned of again. <laughs> a lot of Robin scenes that in the middle of the film is her fighting with Bobby. And I just think that's quite interesting because like they, they never really make Robin out to be the good person in this. Like she's kind of like always overbearing and stuff in those scenes. And it's like, I, this 
does this film just want us to like Bobby? Like, I don't understand what's going on. <laughs> I don't know a lot about Robin, but it was interesting that they did posit her as still being kind of a controlling force in Whitney's life, because I think that also is the case. Like, each person in Whitney's life wanted her to present or be or act a certain way. Yeah. And that's why she struggled so much with her image and things like that. And so I liked that they showed the arguments between like Bobby and Robin so much because that did really happen. And it was always about what do I want? What do I want? Instead of what does Whitney want? Yes. Um, Yep. But they didn't even go too much into that, like that struggle that Whitney probably felt to like side with one of them. And they do show that Whitney's family didn't like Robin, which is also true. But then she just disappears. Like they don't show her reasonings for leaving, which is a very strange decision considering she was such a large part of Whitney's life. Why exclude that but include everything else? It doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, like why put in this 10-minute song at the end of the film that's not really necessary? But leave out something you could have explained in like 30 seconds. Exactly. Like, it doesn't make any sense. And once again, it's just they don't care about their characters. They're, like, indispensable to them. Robin had a lot of lot of stuff with Whitney in the beginning of her career. So they put it at the beginning of the film, but then they just left it. Like, didn't even resolve it or anything. No sense whatsoever. We did mention the some of the musical performance scenes. Did you want to talk about those? So I know what I just said was, like, the most inexcusable thing. But, like, a close second is how many living music video reenactments there are oh my god that's why the film is so long like there's a 10 minute one at the end like all her music videos most of her music videos and a lot of like performances as well now the one at the super bowl i will allow because that was such a big turning point in her career didn't need everything else i think when it's the it's not right but it's okay song that was when i like drew the line i was like why on earth are they showing the music video for this are you not embarrassed to be in whitney gear um, recreating her music videos you're an actor what are you doing <laughs> this is just copying oh yeah. it's bizarre to me so I, I don't mind if it like tells a story like if a song in a film tells a story I don't keep mentioning it but like in Bohemian Rhapsody right they do a montage of them at a concert and then it shows all the places they've been to and it like, goes through years and stuff but this one is just like, oh okay here's her singing this song that you like Here's her singing this song that you like oh remember this song yeah here's the music video for it and it's like what just yeah filmmaking i hate it so much it just doesn't make any sense to me i don't need to see that i could go on youtube and watch it her performance of the anthem her performing at in south africa after the end of apartheid those are two incredibly important performances but we don't get the context for either of those occasions so then it just feels pointless which is stupid because it's like there are two prime examples of musical numbers that would actually add to the plot yeah but then they don't do it and I just think that also negates her importance as a famous person like bringing awareness to certain things because the anthem was during the middle of the Gulf War and then also after 9-11 it like got back on the charts and she donated profits to causes to help rebuild new york and things like that but none of that none of that yeah no and then of course like with the apartheid ending she was the first singer to perform and she also donated all of those profits to benefit people living there and that was a big deal yeah but we don't understand that we don't see that but then some other things we mentioned while we were watching the film that they also left out was like literally all of the films she worked on the bodyguard include... oh, barely addressed, and then everything yep. else. It's as if they it didn't, didn't exist. They didn't even get a Kevin Costner. Like, no. Well, all the budget. <laughs> Come on. Really fumbled the bag. And yeah, it's one scene, and it's literally footage of him from the film. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> and then obviously, it's, I know obviously it goes into a more serious scene, but like, it's just, yeah, it just doesn't make any sense to me. I don't no. know. I'm just a big believer in you must show it, show all of it or none. Like, I'm sorry. Why go into it? Yeah, because like, why do they have Clive be like, oh, Kevin Costner wanted you to sing this song instead of Kevin Costner approaching her? 
that's such that's so bad everyone literally knows that Kevin Costner asked her to do it yeah and yeah once again like her even doing that film was a big deal because she didn't want to originally and then she even had to audition they made it seem like it was so easy for her yeah that's so wrong yeah just deep fake Kevin Costner's face or something I don't even care like (laughs) and it's not mentioned anything else as well but even the preacher's wife which Penny Marshall was such a big director how did we not talk about how did they not mention that yeah I actually can't even I'm struggling to think of what they put in there between the bodyguard scene and when that man says, oh, my daughter loved you in Cinderella. Yeah. It's just performance well, things. Right? Clive says at one point, you've made three big films or something. It's just a throwaway line. It's exactly like in Elvis, too, where it's like, oh, there were some movies. Okay, moving on. <laughs> at least, like, in defense of that, at least it's like, he's got that, like, montage when he's, like, on the board. And, like, he's actually kind of going a bit, like, crazy because, like, he True. hates what he's doing. Yeah. I also know Whitney didn't hate what she was doing, but like we just got nothing about her mental state at that time, if she was happy or not. Like it's just bad. They just they literally just took the basis of her Wikipedia entry. Basically, yeah. Film. And it's but... not even mentioned like her production company mm. in the early two thousands and stuff. Like it's just they put in what they wanted to put in and that was literally just music video reenactments and songs mm. like get you in the, to get you happy listening to Whitney yeah like, just forget everything you'd seen before yep I'm not forgetting movie <laughs> speaking of movies though they do show part of this movie with James Cagney and I was like oh, it's James Cagney but that actually that does little moment. have like symbolic meaning to this film okay because so the movie is called Love Me or Leave Me. And he plays this gangster who crafts like Doris Day's character into the singer and actress. And like, she just wants to sing and act, but he's forcing her to do all these things that she doesn't want to do. And I don't know, I just thought it was interesting. But yeah, if you hadn't seen that movie, you just probably wouldn't mean like, anything. But yeah. <laughs> I just but thought that was cool. I do like that. I love that a lot. It's, it's not, but it's also like foreshadowing in a way. But, yeah. So I do respect that, but it's also, no offence, not everyone's going to get that. No one's going to get I was like it. to you, oh, did you know this film? And you did, which I love. I'm so obsessed with that. <laughs> but, the best um, part of the film wasn't even the film. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, just such a disservice to her craft as an actor. Like, why yeah. was that something people just seem to ignore about her in general? And she, like you said, we talked about in the last episode, she won NWACP awards, The Preacher's Wife. Oh, nah, we won't include that. We'll just put nope. her music video in. Yeah. Naomi Aki and Whitney Drag. She's so mad. <laughs> and her relationship with Brandy, like just how she was basically a fairy godmother to a lot of singers. Yep. Nope, no, that doesn't no. matter. Nope, nope, not at all. That doesn't matter. She was Whitney's selfish life. and didn't care about other people. Oh, crap. I'm actually gonna scream like <laughs> this is the entire episode. Yeah, oh yeah. It's Louise screaming. We'll have a two minutes at the end where we say our favorite bits and it's the end. Yeah. <laughs> the fact that it ended. <laughs> but yeah, there was something else they left out that I was bothered by, but I can't remember. Oh, I mean this is generic, but just like her personality. Oh, yeah, no, that's like where was it? No person no, whatsoever, nothing. And you know, that's why. Have you seen that really funny video when Whitney was at this award show and she was like listing off all the names of the people? Yeah, <laughs> they could have given us that other than those 10 music videos they gave us. Yeah. I would have stood up on my chair, I would have clapped if I got yeah. to like Aaliyah. <laughs> like, I love her. Yeah, <laughs> like, everyone knows that video. Didn't see any of that. Did the end of her personality? Whitney was funny. Like, she had yeah, a... She's hilarious. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Nope. Yeah. One thing that I love about her is she was brutally honest. Yeah. And, like, she did not shy away from sharing her opinion. I was just watching, like, people have made compilations on YouTube of, like, her shady moments. So oh I was God, just kind of it. watching that. But I think my favorite is when this guy asks her 
I don't know quite, I don't know the context, but he asked her, like, what do you think of Mariah Carey? Because everybody was pitting them against each other and thought they hated each other. And I think this is just Jess, but she was like, I don't think of her. And then they did a song together. Exactly. And I don't think of her. That's like a classic line. Yeah. Like, that's in pop culture. (laughs) Her humor and, like, her wit and, like, just her steadfast need to be herself just did not come through at all. I couldn't tell you one funny moment in that film. Like, it is just depressing. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, I think the biopic thing has just grown a little bit too tired. And mm-hmm. we've had a lot of different ones as well. Like, we've had our boring basic, space, basic ones. But then we've also had our, like, Baz Luhrmann one. So... Seeing that and then seeing Whitney's one, it's just so bad in comparison. It's just so yeah. boring. Like, there's no style or flavor. If you're not going to tell the truth, then at least make it fun. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and they don't. No. They don't do both. Yeah. It's all a lie. And, and just it's boring. Whitney and it's so boring. Oh my God. <laughs> it's so boring. How could I feel about Whitney Houston be boring? But it yeah. is. It's awful so awful it's just the longer it went on like the more I was just confused by like how badly they were messing everything up yeah every single element was it's bad yeah yeah (laughs) like for lack of a better word it's It's like a train wreck it just keeps getting worse you think no surely no it can't get worse and then there's another musical montage like (laughs) yeah it's bad and yep. I'm just wondering if we should just stop. Yep. Who are these made for? Who cares about these films? Yeah. Especially when it's documentaries are like in. People love a documentary, a doc series. Like, especially there's one on Netflix as well, which is meant to be very good about Whitney. So why make this film? Who is it? It's yeah. not for fans at all. Because you're going to find glaring inaccuracies. That's so true. Who is this made for and why? When do we draw the line? Like, why is it okay for biopics to yeah. just tell blatant lies? Yeah, yeah, 100% <laughs> agree. And that's as well, it's like with the Amy one that's coming out. Like, Amy Winehouse, you do not need to do that. I'm sorry. It, no. I genuinely feel, I feel like a tinfoil head. But it's like the obsession with true crime has kind of made people obsessed with like, we must have a story about this. We must get like the hottest actor to play this person. They're so obsessed with content about existing stories. They can't make anything new. Yeah. They're not giving any sort of present view context to make yeah. it worth checking out anyway. Yeah. How would this, like, how does this correlate to now when it doesn't? Yeah. And I hate to hate on this movie so much. I know. <laughs> but it's just, I think the fact that it's a biopic makes it worse because. Yes. It's just like a heinous crime to yeah. Whitney's memory. And 100%. Like, just leave this woman alone. Please, leave it. <laughs> and she only died 11 years ago. This is what's scary. We are living in times where they are making biopics about people that died in this century. What? I just think there's certain people you should not make a film about because we already know they're not going to treat these people with respect. Yep. So maybe, and my favorite biopics are about people that aren't famous. Like, I don't know anything about them. Yeah. And that's why I like the film, because it's a new story, and I'm not going to get offended. (laughs) I really hope this biopic trend dies a little bit, but we've already got so many that are, like, coming out, or are in production, and it's just stop. Yeah, and we didn't even get into this either, but like her relationship with her daughter. Oh my god, because they, they Bobby Christina. It. Yeah, like she barely oh, yeah. existed. It's as though Whitney like wasn't even present for her daughter, which was not the case. Yeah, they were um, so yeah. close, and that's awful. How they didn't even show anything about that. No, they show Whitney on the on Oprah's show, which is like her big comeback. Yeah, but. Like, why do we care? We don't get the context for that either. We don't see why it was important for her to make this comeback. Why did she have to make it in the first place? Yeah. What led to her being away for so long? What happened to her and Bobby? Because they just totally skip like three years. Yeah. (laughs) 
why was this moment so important to her as a person? And I think those are questions you can apply to literally every single scene in this film. Yeah. And that's why for me, it doesn't succeed as a film because there's no central theme or exploration through this story. So. Oh, beautiful. (laughs) And then they skip ahead again three years to 2012 to the Grammys party. And, um, that is just terrible. Like, they just totally Don't failed even. that execution. Awful. Absolutely um, awful. Yeah. So we basically just see her, like, reminiscing about the good old days. and But then once again, it's like we're just seeing scenes we literally just we, saw yeah. 30 minutes ago. Exactly. <laughs> we have literally watched this film. I hate it. Films do that. It's like, we remember yeah. we watched it. I don't know if we mentioned this earlier, but, like, show actual scenes or clips of Whitney yes I think that would have been memory yes yeah I think that would have been perfect moment in that bit to show actual Whitney yeah like as a filmmaker you can use that we don't care if it's different like that is actually cool and innovative like actually show the real person it's sorry to bring her up I always do it's like once upon a time in Hollywood when Sharon is watching real life Sharon on the screen it's, it won't take you out of the film. In fact, it makes it better. Yeah. It's actually shown Whitney's life and stuff. And we've got the footage, so why mm-hmm. didn't they? Once again, so boring. But they literally just went back and put in some old scenes in a montage. Like, what? Yeah, and it was so lazy. Awful. Um, but I guess the one thing I'll be grateful for is they don't show her death or, like, how yes. she died. Um, oh, for sure. They do hint at it, which is honestly really disturbing. I don't um, like that, yeah. That was weird, like the shot of the bathtub. Oh, no, that actually makes my blood boil. Like, it's actually so disrespectful. Yeah, because they're like, oh, haha, you know how she dies. Exactly, like wig nudge. Yeah, so. Get out of there, like, Gross. awful. But yeah, so I am, but no, like yeah. you said, though, at least it's not it. Like, we've seen worse in biopics, like. True. So I'm very glad about that. Yeah. One, uh, there go, they got one tick. Yeah. <laughs> this film. But yeah, I think the ending is very lackluster. And so, yes. Yeah. No, like there was no lead up to this ending. It just fizzles out and then it's just over. That's it. It's a literally, it's just a montage of her singing at this award show. Another performance that is iconic and I love it and it's wonderful. Defied all the odds. The ending made me sad, but not for the reason it was meant to. It made me sad because then they started showing like clips of the actual Whitney and I was like, geez, this is what they did to you. Yeah. Like you this should not even have your name on it. So Exactly. Yes, hundred percent agree. And then they mentioned like all of these things in the little text box things that she did but like they didn't show it in the film exactly (laughs) what is the point and i love it that they they put in that she was the voice but didn't mention it once that was literally her nickname yeah where do they pick and choose things i don't understand it i got more emotional watching the ending with the actual things about whitney's life than watching the whole film (gasps) i forgot about the vacuum Okay, so I cannot wait to hear this. Should we give a little bit of insight? Yeah, do you want to preface all this? Yeah, stuff? I can preface. Okay. So there's a fight scene early on in the film between Whitney and Robin. And Robin is like incredibly mad. She is pushing everything off the floor. Oh, it's because of Jermaine Jackson, isn't it? Like, yeah. Yeah. So Whitney's been like accused. I don't know if that's like, the right word, but she's been accused of sleeping with Jermaine Jackson. And they Robin's did a song. not having it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah they had a song together. Robin's like smashing things on the floor. Every single thing that's counter, she knocks on the floor, breaks everything. And then there's a vacuum just in the middle of the living room. And she <laughs> goes for it. And we were like, oh, that poor vacuum. Thought nothing of it. Later on in the film, is it, it's Whitney that's vacuuming, isn't it? And once again, a fight like occurs around the vacuum. Yep. And the third time in the film, what was the third time? I can't think. What was it was at the end of the hotel. She's like, this floor needs a vacuum or something 
three times a vacuum is involved. This is like each app uh-huh. has a vacuum in it. <laughs> and then Audrey messaged me and says, don't let me forget, I found a vacuum story to tell. So Audrey, please, I got to hear this. What, okay. Why vacuum? Yeah, that's the thing is like, what is the importance of a vacuum? Like they brought it up so many times. I had to figure it out. So while I was watching one of those compilations I mentioned before, she went on a talk show and she mentioned that the carpet looks really dirty and she needs to clean it. And oh I don't, God. maybe this is planned. I'm not sure, but he yeah, brings- Yeah, like, did they have a vacuum on hand? Yeah, like he brings it out to her and she starts like dancing and vacuuming at the incredible. same time. That okay, whole clip shows more of her personality than the entire film. Exactly. And I just think that's like such a funny detail to put in the movie. Vacuuming is my favorite household chore. So I'm like- No way. With Whitney. Yeah, you yeah. your music. Oh, it's amazing. I love vacuuming. And it's so satisfying as well. But that's so fun. Okay, yeah. so maybe they did make this film for the fans. The real maybe fans they did. of Whitney <laughs> would have understood all the vacuum references. You that's never so see funny. famous people doing stuff like that. She was so unapologetically herself. Yes. Um, yes. And I just think that's like why she's so wonderful and like why people love her so much. And yeah that just really comes through like in her yeah. interviews and her performances both musical and acting yeah and for them to just totally disregard all of that I think just made me depressed honestly like when watching yeah. this film yeah it actually hurts because it's like what a missed opportunity yeah either show this or don't ma- show this side of Whitney or don't make it because everybody already knows all the drama all the scandals yada yada yeah. But that's not even half of who she was. No. Was there anything else you wanted to talk about? I thought it was made all- Do you, Is there anything positive you can squeeze out of the film? Yeah, I mean, like, the costume, they weren't recreations. They were, what's the word? Like, they took inspiration from the costumes. Like, they reimagined yeah. them. Yeah. I thought they all, almost all looked good. I think I would have preferred if they'd been recreations, though. They recreated everything else. Why not also do the costume? Yeah. <laughs> so that was weird because it looked almost like the outfit, the iconic outfits, but not yeah. quite. <laughs> Didn't quite do it, no. But I still thought they looked good. Tumbleweed. <laughs> yeah. There were just like certain scenes I thought did a decent job of showing certain relationship dynamics yeah one that stands out that I didn't mention was when she and Bobby were on the red carpet I guess in the movie it was like when they were debuting their relationship and you can already start to see her like changing her personality to fit his personality so she's not really being herself so that was kind of an interesting detail that they dropped immediately after that that's a positive I guess we'll take that yep I liked her performance on the Merv Riffin show with Home. Yes, yes. I thought that was, we saw something different. We saw like her mom's involvement in that and just her confidence like building as the song went on. So I thought that was good. Those would be my three things that I liked. We will take that. Three yeah, that's really true, though, actually, with the Merv Griffin show. Yeah, we actually see a side of her mum that we don't really see. It's just those little sprinkling of things that they don't expand on. But yeah, we could appreciate that in the moment, for sure. Yeah. Was there anything you liked? <laughs> so it's the only good thing, but this is what I've been complaining about, is that it is, I hate the reenactments of the performances and the music videos. But the only good thing about them is that I love her music, so I can't complain too much. So at least I have to think, okay, I got through this awful section. It will reward me with a Whitney song. So sure. Like that, I could like, okay, fine. But that's <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah. It's so, just, it wasn't good. Hard <laughs> no. Exactly. 100%. Thumbs down. Two thumbs down. Just watch her videos, her music videos, and her interviews. Shady moments. Yeah, she has so many and they're all gold. <laughs> so funny. But um, how do you think Whitney Houston should be remembered? Because I know I we've think... talked so much smack about this film. I know, right? But it's only because we love her. 
Exactly. This is honestly coming from a place of love that mm. sadly no one on the film had for some reason. Yeah. I think Whitney's got to be remembered by her music and her voice. She like she was the voice and she will never, I don't think will ever be replaced. We've got our Mariah's, our Beyonce's, even like our Ariana whistle notes. But yeah, no. You, you watch a talent show or something like X Factor, Pop Idol, I mean, American Idol. And they try and sing a Whitney song and they just can't because it is Whitney. Only Whitney can sing Whitney. And I think that's what we've always got to remember is that she was the voice. She was the greatest singer. I genuinely think out of every single person, greatest singer. So the moment we've all been waiting for, we just had to do some research because <laughs> we forgot. Yeah, but we were so prepared. We, we totally knew what we were doing. We both came up with six degrees of separation. So this is basically we're trying to connect the last actor we covered, who was John Cassavetes, to Whitney Houston through films that they worked on with other actors. So who wants to go first? Oh, my God. First, my week. Sure. Technically, yeah. it was Louise, but we just both did. Okay, so I'll start with John Cassavetes. Yep. He was in Opening Night with Jenna Rowland. Love my life. Love her. <laughs> Jenna's fourth, fifth film that's advertised on a letterbox is something called Paris Jetame. Probably butchered that. Pa- Paris Jetame. <laughs> it's a French accent. <laughs> is it like Jetame? Oh, the e- oh. Let's look it up. <laughs> Sorry, Google people Translate, that speak quick, French. Quick, quick. It's Jetame. 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 Okay, so Jenna Rowlands is in that. Uh-huh. That's me she is. You have to scroll a bit on its letterbox page, but she is there. <laughs> and she is in that with Willem Dafoe. Oh. Love him as well. And he is in a film called Inside Man, which is directed by Spike Lee. Not that has anything to do with it. It's not a very good <laughs> film. Willem Dafoe plays just a cop, just a normal cop. There's nothing weird. weird or sinister about him. And it's like, why are you going to get Willem Dafoe if he's not going to be Willem Dafoe? Yeah. That's very odd. But Willem Dafoe is in that film with Denzel. And Denzel is in The Preacher's Wife with Whitney. Yay! It's a night. Paris just a bit. The Preacher's Wife. That's such an interesting like collection of <laughs> What have you got? <laughs> Okay, so I've got that John Cassavetes was in Mikey and Nikki with my boy Peter Falk, who was in the mo- this movie called Love with Jack Lemmon, who was in JFK with Kevin Costner, who was in The Bodyguard with Whitney. <laughs> yes! Very good. So, you to JFK. Like, I had so many people in that. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. That's perfect. I'm very proud of us. I'm glad we did I that pretty well. fast. Yeah. Also, as well, yeah. I think I don't hate that we were so negative in this recording no. because this film, I would have done with somebody, does not do anything that would make me want to think positively about it. It's actually quite like awful to Whitney's legacy. So I, I'm fine with being negative and bitching about it. Yeah. I don't think it's unfair. I no. just think the movie was unfair. It will only get it in return. I love that. I learned from Whitney. It's all those compilations. Yeah. <laughs> See, we learned so much from a YouTube compilation rather than a Hollywood film. She had her struggles, but that's not really that important compared to all of the great things she did. Exactly. Just appreciate her for the stuff she put out. That's what she would want you to know about her anyway. Yeah. Don't watch this film. No. <laughs> final thoughts and I think that's it yeah oh yeah honestly yeah don't waste your time I say the same join us in a couple of weeks we'll be doing a bonus episode on Philip Seymour Hoffman we've got a guest lined up for that so that should be fun we'll see you next week bye-bye this episode was co-hosted and edited by me Audrey Cornell and co-hosted by Louise Coleman The music was written by Nia D'Amelio. Gone But Not Forgotten is a part of the Trident Network. To learn more about our videos, live shows, and podcasts, please visit thetridentnetwork.com.